When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we're all realizing that the quality of our air, and particularly the quality of our indoor air, is really darn important. I'm so excited to tell you about Puro Air because in 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called a HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. I keep my Puro Air running upstairs where the bedrooms are all night. I love that it's quiet. Cleaner air just hits different, doesn't it? Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, getpuroair.com. Well, hello, my friends, and welcome back. My name is Stephanie Safarian, and you're listening to episode 443 of Sustainable Minimalists. And on today's show, we are attempting to answer the age-old conundrum once and for all, how on earth can each of us stop playing housework catch-up on the weekends? Weekends are supposed to be for rest, for rejuvenation, for finding and participating in our passions, for spending quality time with the ones we love, and most importantly, for focusing on what truly matters in our lives. The weekends are for living. The weekends are not for laundry. The weekends are not for (laughs) cleaning bathrooms. However, as it happens with so many of us, our precious free time, our weekends are spent doing the housework instead of seeking out those moments of real living and real beauty. On today's show, we're changing that once and for all. Because guess what? Having that pristine home is not what truly matters in life. And so to help me help you is Tyler Moore. Tyler is Tidy Dad over on Instagram. And if you're not following him, you've got to. His account, I'm so happy for him. His account has absolutely blown up and it's blown up because his content is A++. Tyler is a dad of three. He lives in New York City. I'll let him introduce himself, but he's on the show today to walk us through the rhythms and routines that he participates in every Monday through Friday so that on the weekends, he can actually enjoy his life with his family. Tyler, I'm so thrilled to have you on the show a second time. Tell us how you are, what's been new since the last time we chatted. Tell us all the things. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Yeah, so since the last time we talked, I've still been trying to embrace my tidiest sort of outlook on life. I'm continuing to teach. So I teach seventh grade math in New York City. For the first time, we have all three of our girls in school, which feels like a huge milestone and just has changed the rhythms and routines of life. I've also been working on writing my first book, which is slated to come out next January. So that's been a whole other sort of project to explore. But I have still been trying my best to name what's really important and make space for both the joys and also the messes and dealing with the messes that sometimes happen in life. Yes, the physical, the emotional, (laughs) the scheduling messes. There's a lot of messes. Today, we're talking about household messes. The weekends are supposed to be for rest and rejuvenation so that we can spend quality times with our families, actually enjoy our lives, get the rest we need for the week ahead. 
But for so many of us, the weekends become catch up. So why don't we start by you telling us what weekends look like in your home? I know you live in New York City. You have a smaller than average, perhaps I might be wrong, but I'm going to go ahead and guess a smaller than average American home. Does the fact that you have a smaller home save tons of time at the outset? Yeah. So our apartment is 750 square feet. And so I do feel like the smaller footprint does mean that just inherently there's a smaller amount of household work that needs to happen. Now, I will say that because our family fully lives in the 750 square feet, it does show signs of wear each week. And I have a weekday cleaning routine. And there are times when people ask me on Instagram, they're like, but you just cleaned the bathroom last Monday. Is it really that dirty again? And I'm like, But you have to remember, we have one bathroom, we have five people, there is like an inherent sort of like demand that's placed on our space. And so in terms of weekend times, we live in New York City, and you don't live in New York City to be a homebody. Like we're in a really small space. And I feel like one of the beautiful benefits of that is that we're all ready to get out. So like by eight or nine in the morning on a Saturday, it's time to go on an adventure. And so that's really what Saturdays are. And then for us on Sundays, like we have our rhythms of like laundry, going to church. We've start, my wife and I have started trading off going to yoga on Sunday afternoons because we realized that we weren't like prioritizing our own sort of like mental health and physical well-being. And while that does have an impact on our family's rhythms, like We both need that alone time of an hour of yoga and the walk to and from yoga without kids, which you just can't underestimate the beautiful gift of walking alone sometimes. And so what that meant was we really had to think about our rhythms from Monday through Friday. And as I mentioned at the outset, all of our kids are in school. I'm a teacher four days a week. I'm off on Wednesdays writing. My wife works from home. And so we've really had to think about What do we strategically use our time for during the week if our goal is we want to have Saturdays freed up for adventure and then we want Sundays to really feel restful? And so once we prioritized and named what was really important from our weekends, then we started to put into place what happens during the weekday. And I do feel like that orientation is so important because so often we think about it in the opposite which then can lead to what you were mentioning where on weekends it feels like all you're doing is playing catch up and running around and trying to get all the things done so that then the week can unfold how you want it to. I'm definitely going to ask you about your weekday cleaning routine. It is amazing. I'm going to ask that question, but first I want to understand your thoughts with regard to tidying versus cleaning. They're different. They're different. So explain how. Yeah. So I feel like order when it comes to household tasks is really important. So first of all, it's really difficult to organize a space that's totally decluttered. It's then inherently difficult to tidy a space that doesn't have organization systems in place. And then it's also difficult to clean a space that isn't tidy. And so I think when you start to really explore the connection between all of those, that's where there's really power. Because so often 
we will see a physical mess in our space, but feel completely overwhelmed, oftentimes because we see a pile in the corner of the room. And it then is like a game of mental Olympics, which is whose stuff is this? Where does it go? Why did it get here in the first place? And then it leads to this feeling of being completely overwhelmed in your space. And oftentimes that's when people feel defeated and they're like, I don't have the mental energy to deal with this now. I'm just going to deal with it later. And particularly if you're in a busy work week, like the thought of confronting that pile on a Tuesday night after you have worked all day, plus you have had another series of Olympics, just getting your kids in bed and to stay in bed. Like the likelihood of you saying, it's going to feel really great to go through this pile is like, really, there's no chance of that happening. So then things start to compound and then it's left on the weekends. And so as much as you can try to pull apart each of those different systems and think about the order in which you do things, like you can't have a clean and tidy home if you haven't confronted the material possessions that are there and established systems for storing those items so that you then can find what you need when you need them. Yes. I love your response there. For me, it's the trifecta, right? There's organizing, tidying, and cleaning. Organizing to me is establishing the systems that work for your home, work for your family. Tidying is putting stuff away as per the organizing system you've created. And cleaning, for in my opinion, is when you get out the sponge and the soap and you do the deep clean. And so when we talk about not doing it all on the weekends, you're going to give us your weekday cleaning routine in a minute. But the tidying, at least for me in my minimalist home, the tidying can be done in, let's say, 10 minutes at the end of the day. Set a timer, go around tidy up, not clean up, tidy up the items that are not currently residing in their organizational homes. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because I feel like so often when you put both of them together, that's when there's this feeling of not being able to work efficiently. And so often if the things aren't tidied or put away, there are things in the way that you then have to move and then you can't clean what's actually underneath it. And so separating the two has been really helpful. And so the weekday cleaning routine is really the foundation. Like that is the goal of being able to clean one area of our apartment each weekday. So the Monday on Monday, it's the bathroom. Tuesday, it's the kitchen. Wednesday, it's bedrooms. Thursday, it's the living area. And then Friday, we have a small playroom. So that's like my playroom cleaning day. The idea is, is then the night before my weekday cleaning routine kicks in in the morning, that's when we do the more deeper tidy of that space. Because what you're talking about, that idea of like 10 to 15 minutes, that is our goal. And if we find that it's taking longer than 10 to 15 minutes, that means there's typically been a breakdown long before that tidying was going to happen. And that breakdown might be we've accumulated too much in one particular category and we need to declutter. It could be that life feels really hard right now and things are just compounding. It could be a breakdown in the routines with our daughters and this idea of all of us working together as a team. It's sort of like being able to troubleshoot like what is the pain point that's getting in the way of this taking much longer than what we want it to. Okay, so you split your home up into five areas. So I think you said Monday is the bathroom. When do you clean the bathroom? Are you enlisting everybody's help? How long do you 
hope it takes? Walk me through a little bit more specifically. In the mornings when I clean, so I set my alarm to go off before my daughters wake up because as a teacher, um, I tried for many years to be just woken up by my children, but then I realized that I was on from the moment I was up until the time I got everyone to bed. And I was like, I am going to take back power. And so some days I look forward to getting up at four or 4.30 and that's not for everyone. And I'm not saying that everyone has to be an early bird, but you really have to think about what gives you the most life like in your current season based on the rhythms that are happening. And so I do set a timer each morning and I clean between 10 and 15 minutes in that area. Um, But the night before is when the collective tidy happens. My girls are still young. They're eight, six, and three. And so I don't expect them to get the cleaners out in the morning and to be cleaning in the way that I am. But I do expect that they help tidy and maintain our spaces because we're all living in them. I feel like with kids, it's our responsibility to teach them skills that will then lead to them being productive and successful adults. And when I say successful, I mean that they're able to care for themselves. They're able to care for themselves in the workplace and at home. They're able to have successful relationships where they're able to have a healthy sort of relationship with stuff and That's where the family really steps in, I feel like, is the tidying of let's put everything back in that given place. Hmm. So I love how you separated the tasks into five days of the week. But what about the tasks that are daily tasks? I'm thinking about laundry. Laundry is the big one. How does that work in your home so that you don't have 12 loads of laundry on Saturday to get through? Yeah. Yeah. So my wife and I, we split up laundry duties. So in New York City, we do not have an in-unit washing machine. So walking to and from yoga is a form of exercise. Our weightlifting is carrying the big load, the big bag of laundry across the street to the laundromat. Now, one of the benefits is that our laundry has a seven times load washer, which is really helpful for a family of five. So that means it's seven times the capacity of a normal washing machine. So that helps. But when it comes to laundry, we're about four or five years into our daughter's helping fold. Again, my wife and I are responsible for washing clothing. Right now, our oldest is eight. I do not expect her to carry that load over and be able to independently wash the clothes. But Can all of our daughters, even down to age of three, can they sort their clothes? Can they put it into different categories? Can they fold their clothes? Can they put their clothes away? Absolutely. So I feel like it's identifying, you know, what are those tasks that you can hand over to all of the people that you live with, that there's then this shared sense of, like we say it a lot of like teamwork makes the dream work. But again, like laundry is a lifelong skill. We all wear clothes. We can all learn how to fold clothes, how to put away clothes. And you better believe when my daughters are like, why do I have to fold so many clothes this week? I'm like, I don't know. Did you change clothes three times today or every day of the week? So I do feel like it invites some of that like introspection and reflection that there's like an inherent impact on the amount of clothing that we wear, which means the amount of laundry that we have to do, which is the amount of time that it takes to fold. They don't always love to do it. And it is not always fun. We have space in our life for fun. 
Like adventures happen. Tomorrow we are getting on a plane for our February break and we are going to Italy as a family. Like we make time for fun, but not all household chores have to be fun. It is a normal part of life to fold your clothes, to tidy away your things, to clear the table. We also have to wash all of our dishes. We don't have a dishwasher. There are tasks that we just have to do every single day and it isn't always fun, but working together makes space for those joyful things to be able to happen. That's right. Spoiler alert for listeners, but next Tuesday's episode is about, it's about exactly what you're talking about, including the rest of the family in the tasks, even though they're not fun, even though you could probably do it quicker if you just did 100% of it yourself. But not all of life is fun. And the sooner that our children get on board and take off some of the weight of these household tasks from us, the sooner, at least in my case, I'm teaching them life skills that they're going to need as they become adults and run their own homes themselves. I think for me, historically, my big issue is it's just easier for me to do all of it myself, do the cleaning, do the laundry, do the vacuuming, do it all myself. But I'm not teaching them anything. And I'm also getting really darn resentful as the years go on. So that's Tuesday's episode, everybody. Tyler, we're going to take a break. And when we get back, I want to talk about lowering expectations. I want your thoughts on this because when I had younger children, my children were toddlers, let's say, I had very high household expectations. And now that they're older and the stress is off of me a little bit, I feel like my household expectations towards tidiness and cleaning have also relaxed. So I want to talk to you about that. We'll do that after a quick sponsor break. So many of us have chaotic closets that are crammed full of clothing items, and yet somehow we still have nothing to wear. Well, upgrading to high quality and affordable pieces from Quince when you need them is a game changer. They offer organic cotton sweaters and washable silk tops. My 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters are my go-to. Not only are they affordable, but the quality is top-notch They wear better than the cashmere sweaters that are double their price. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash sustainable podcast for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash sustainable podcast to get free shipping and 365 day returns. One more time, quince.com slash sustainable podcast. Hello, Sustainable Minimalist listeners. Are you committed to living a greener and simpler life? Well, meet Home Threads, your ally in more sustainable and minimalist home decor. As the total destination for decor and furniture, Home Threads helps you define your minimalist lifestyle while respecting the planet. Discover their exclusive Haven collection. They use many sustainable materials without compromising on style. And here's the best part. Home Threads always has the best value. It was time. After nine years of living in our home, it was time to replace our outdoor furniture. And my husband and I, we went to Home Threads. We have a Home Threads patio umbrella and a new bench. And oh my goodness, we are so in love 
Create a home that reflects your commitment to the environment. Visit homethreads.com slash sustainable and get a code for 15% off your first order. Homethreads.com slash sustainable. Love where you live. And we're back. Today I'm speaking with Tyler Moore. He is Tidy Dad on Instagram. And if you're not following him, everybody, go right now. Tyler, this is off topic, but I just want to tell you that you're real with regard to putting a duvet cover on your bed. That changed my life. I've watched it probably, and this is not an exaggeration, at least six dozen times because it took me that long to figure it out. But once yeah. I got it, life changing. Your content. Oh, that's yeah. It's the whole like you lay it out, you rolled it up, you you flip out the sides, and then you fluff it. And once you get it. It's amazing. And it, that's also one of those tasks where, I don't know, there's the sheer will and determination that you will figure it out. And that's how I had to. I was like watching all these YouTube videos. But then once you feel and you know that you can put a duvet cover on, there's literally no other household task that is like more complicated, that you feel like you can do anything and you are invincible. That's right. <laughs> once I got the, once I conquered the duvet cover, it was all smooth sailing. So thank you. <laughs> so let's talk about lowering expectations. When I was a newer mother, I was told from all the more seasoned mothers in my life that I just needed to lower my expectations of my household cleanliness. And I couldn't do it. That sounded like completely ridiculous, unattainable advice. However, now that my children are in school, I'm not in the trenches as much. I'm not home with two young children. I do feel as though there's been a relaxing, a loosening of my expectations. So what are your thoughts on letting some messes go once in a while. I mean, it, for me personally, it does feel as though now that I've learned to let things go, my, living in my house is more enjoyable. So what are your thoughts there? Yeah. It's so interesting because within our like sort of niche, when you talk about like minimal, minimalism or tidying or cleaning, you think that it's like without controversy, but there are so many like juicy topics. And this is one because the other opposite of this idea of minimalism is this messy house, happy life mindset where people are sort of embracing the mess the clutter and saying, well, this is just sort of like a reality. And I'm very happy in my messy space. Now, of course, I'm using an extreme there. But I think that what you're talking about is actually a really healthy outlook, because it's not saying, I don't care, my house can be messy. I don't care about what comes in. The volume is going to be here regardless, and I'm just going to lower the expectation, and it is what it is. That's very different, I think, from what you're talking about. What you're talking about, it reminds me of my own sort of mental health journey years ago, and I was working with my therapist because I would walk in from school, and at the time we had a three-year-old, a one-year-old. My wife was home full-time, and then she was also working some part-time in the afternoons. We would have this like trade-off. It was this like childcare shuffle. I would walk in and I would see what I characterized as a mess, and I immediately wanted to tidy up. But me walking in and immediately starting to put things away was actually really triggering to my wife because she was like, instead of you me trying to tell you how the day has gone and do this sort of handoff, you're immediately coming in and trying to fix things and put everything away. And I worked with my therapist on this idea of stimulus and response and this idea of when you 
have a stimulus that feels stressful or brings on anxiety, can you actually increase the amount of time before you feel the need to respond? And she was like, initially, that may feel like setting a timer for five minutes, which means you walk into your apartment, you see the girls, you greet Emily, you engage with them for five solid minutes, and then begin that process of putting things away or putting things in order. And that was that was such a tangible like strategy that I was able to apply to other areas of my life. And that amount of time between the stimulus and the response, it just reminds me of that idea of lowering expectations. Because when you lower expectations, it doesn't mean that you don't care. It just means that your response just looks a little bit different. And there are seasons of times where we have to lower expectations. Like whenever we bounce back from our two-week holiday break in December, I always know that January into the middle part of February is going to feel like a slog. We cannot get back up to full operating capacity right after the holidays. So we have to lower expectations for ourselves. Back to school time. It is always difficult. Everybody treats back to school like a one-day event, but back to school is a season just like any other, and oftentimes it takes between six to eight weeks for things to start to feel like they're clicking, for things to start to feel like you're not pulling your kids out of their beds or like putting their shoes on for them as you're getting out. And so I think with lowering expectations, You have to take some of the pressure off of yourself and you have to name for yourself what actually matters. And I will say, even during the busiest of times, the one area of my house that I care is really clean is the bathroom. I can let almost anything else go, but I'm like, that bathroom has to be clean. I always clean the bathroom. The others may go, but that's the one expectation that I always hold for myself. And just because you're lowering an expectation for now, doesn't mean that it's going to always be that way. If you have a child, a little toddler who likes to dump things and is a walking tornado from room to room, eventually the tornadoes grow up and they become more of like just a little like windstorm. You know, so like there there is progress and you just have to let go of this pursuit of perfection because nobody can keep it all together. Hmm. I really love what you said there with regard to the stimulus and response, coming home five minutes, giving your family your undivided attention for five minutes, lowering your expectations. You said it doesn't mean you don't care. I would add to that. Lowering your expectations just means that you care about some other things a little bit more. You care about giving your family your undivided attention when you walk in the door. For me, lowering my expectations means It doesn't mean that I don't care about the status of my house or the functionality of my house. It means I care more about giving my children all of me, the good parts of me, as opposed to the stressed out, oh, go tidy up your Legos or, oh, go tidy up the bookshelf, right? They're getting a better version of me. I care about that more than I care about um, the status of my home. I think that's what you're saying. And you covered this here, but I want to really go into it a little bit deeper. Your concept of the thrival season. I love it. Yeah. So thrival is that idea that there are periods of time where we feel like we are just trying to survive while also simultaneously trying to find those moments where we are thriving. Because it's very easy 
to lose ourselves in particularly stressful sort of seasons of time. And so I do feel like this stretch of like parenthood that we're in with an eight, six and three year old, I do feel like there are moments of like survival where we are just trying to keep all of the balls up in the air. But there's also this feeling of what are we doing personally to thrive or how is our family thriving together in this season? Parenthood and life isn't a zero sum game. Like we're constantly evolving and who we are as people before we have children is not who we are today. And so I feel like what are those little moments or pockets of time? And like one example from this past six weeks, it's been a really hectic time. It's like we're bouncing back from the holidays. I've been working on finalizing my manuscript. But yet what's brought so much joy is in Bryant Park in New York City, you can ice skate for free if you have your own skates. And we've just been signing up for Friday afternoon after school ice skating. And we've been going as a family. And that's just an example of us like thriving because the other days do feel like we're fighting to survive. But the thriving is like my middle daughter. She was like, you know what? I'm getting so much better each week ice skating. I'm so much faster. I made it seven times around and I didn't even fall. And I'm like, that is such a beautiful sort of example of like setting goals of her being struggling to survive at first on that ice, but then finding her way. And it's just being able to stop and just enjoy those brief little moments that lift our spirits and then invite us to move on. And so with Sir Thrival, sometimes it's lowering expectations. Sometimes it's throwing a little bit of money at a problem, like ordering out twice a week. Sometimes it's asking for help and enlisting grandparents or friends. It's actually scheduling that date night with your spouse. It's saying, you know what? Every single day, I'm going to go for a walk 15 minutes. It's saying I'm going to sign up for that yoga class on Sunday night, or I'm actually going to read a book. Those are all little examples of how you can thrive in little small pockets of time in the midst of really intense, busy seasons. Mm. Thrive. I love that. I hope it's in your new book. And I would say too that having those rhythms and routines within the home, like it doesn't have to be perfect. Your house does not have to be a pottery barn catalog, but having the foundation, the home uh, strong allows your middle daughter to make ice skating leaps and bounds, allows your yoga practice to continue. So having a strong home foundation allows the survival to happen outside of your 700 square foot apartment. Yeah. And it's interesting because managing your survival season is one of the principles that I write about in the book. And then the next principle is, it's this idea of securing space for more. And I'm intentionally trying to be a little bit cheeky there because when people think about securing space for more, they often think about square footage, more money. And that's not what I'm talking about. The securing space for more is being able to know yourself of what actually inspires you, what gives you life. How does, what can you do? What are the practices that you can bring in around love or joy or gratitude or patience. Like we can all benefit from making space for more of those in our lives. But when we feel maxed out in all of these different areas, or we feel like we've totally upsized life, there actually isn't that space for more to happen. And 
I could care less about positional power at work. We're comfortable with the the salary that I'm bringing in, but what I do really care about is time with my kids, is being able to have time to read at night before I go to bed, to feel like I have a little bit of margin, like when my parents call, that I feel like, you know what, I can pick up the phone right now and I can have a conversation with you. It's not this, no, I'm I'm much too busy for this. Like we have to create space for more. And I do feel like that's when being very minimal about other categories of your life beyond just the physical possessions helps make space for that. I'm thinking about your weekends in the city, right? You're out, you're about, you're exploring. And so doing little things during the week so that you can fully live with your wife and daughters is what you're essentially doing there. It's not about, the end goal is not the tidy house. The end goal is being able to fully live with the people who you love. Okay, so let's let's break down what we talked about today. We talked about having a weekday cleaning routine, separating the main rooms, doing them one each day during the week. We talked about the difference between tidying versus cleaning. Tidying, in my opinion, and especially as children get older, if we're talking about children's messes, the older they get, the easier the nagging becomes. Like my nine-year-old knows how to tidy. Whether she does it is a different story, but she knows how to do it. That's different from a toddler. You mentioned maybe set a timer. I would add the five-minute rule. It's so overplayed, but it's overplayed because it works. If you can get a task done in under five minutes, just do it. So instead of putting it on the stairs and bringing it up later, just bring it up. Just bring it up. Any, Any other tips you'd like to end with? Yeah, I think that those are really helpful. And I think that the foundation of what we're talking about is really being able to name what's important in that particular season of life and recognizing that different seasons look different. And it's not just seasons don't just look different if you have children, but it could be when you're starting a new job, if you're caring for an aging parent, if you're about to go on vacation, if you're bouncing back from a vacation, if you've taken a pause from work, there are so many different seasons. There's this cyclical sort of like nature to our calendar years. But I feel like showing yourself a little bit of grace does go a long way. Well, before we say goodbye, Tyler, tell us where we can find you. Yes, you can find me on Instagram. I'm at Tidy Dad. I also have a website, thetidydad.com. And then a forthcoming book next January. We just have to get everything done, but I'm excited to continue to share my Tidy Up My Life story. Well, you'll have to come on again as the book is being promoted. I would love to talk to you a third time. Thank you so much, Tyler. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Listeners, and that's a wrap. Show notes are at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 433. And as I was listening back to my conversation with Tyler and as I was editing our conversation, I found myself thinking about how, well, first of all, I loved how Tyler framed our conversation today about the reasons why truly living on the weekends are important. 
the reason we do housework, the reason we create that strong home foundation is so that we can fully participate in our lives and spend time doing what truly matters with the people who truly matters. So the home matters because it provides that foundation so that we may do that. But there is a fine line in which we overvalue the home and the home's tidiness and cleanliness. We overvalue it. We value it too much. And then when that happens, we're not fully living. We're not focusing on what truly matters. So that's a really long way of me trying to get my words out. What I'm trying to say is (laughs) to ask yourself, what actually matters in your life? What do you actually want to be doing on the weekends? Answer that question. I'm willing to bet you're not going to say seven loads of laundry, but answer the question and then frame your weekend around what you truly want to do. I will also say here, too, a a couple other habits that work for me in terms of keeping my house in order Monday through Friday so that I can enjoy my weekends. I'm really good at habit stacking. I'm really good at it. I mean, I'm going to just pat myself on the back. I've mentioned before how my kids are older. When they're getting dressed for school in the mornings, I'm folding the prior day's laundry and putting it away. They need me to be watching them. They need me to nag them here or there to keep them on task so that they get on the bus in time, but they don't need me to physically dress them anymore. So I can nag at them and I can fold the laundry and put it away at the same time. I do that Monday through Friday so that on Saturday, I do not have multiple loads of laundry to do. Another way that I stack household chores is, you know, when I'm cooking dinner, I uh, I have the dishwasher open and I'm loading the dishwasher as I'm creating dirty dishes. This is just one way in which I'm preventing that overwhelming mess after dinner. I also, you know, something's on the stove simmering up oh, and there's a ton of crumbs along the baseboards. I must say, Tyler said that, you know, a dirty bathroom is his pet peeve. My pet peeve is dirty floors and particularly dirty kitchen floors. That is something that I will always take care of. Something's on the stove for 20 minutes. I will get my dustpan and broom and I will go along the baseboards and clean those up really quick. So ask yourself, what can you be stacking? What habits can you be stacking here so that hopefully you have more time on the weekends? Now, here's your monthly reminder. If you have not left this show a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts yet, um, let me me rephrase that. Spotify allows ratings. Apple Podcasts allows reviews. If you have not rated or reviewed yet, please consider doing so. And thank you so, so much. This This is the number one way that you can help support this show and really any show from an independent creator who's just, you know, your average Joe or your average Jane who's not a celebrity and doesn't have a large following. So if you haven't left that rating or review yet and you have 10 seconds today to do so, I would really appreciate it. I read them all. Thank you so much. We'll be back tomorrow for headlines where you can get the need-to-know environmental news headlines in 15-ish, maybe 20 minutes. I'll be honest, I've been going over a little bit lately. But I'll see you then. I'll see you tomorrow. Reach out if you need me and take care.